This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome back to the American Pipeline podcast presented by BetMGM and McKinney Hockey. I am Mike Stevens. This is Sydney Wolf from The Rink Live. Sydney, how are you doing? Doing good. I'm in a, another new room today recording in a different room because the the tourney has started for the NCAA. So I've got to make sure in case anything crazy happens, I got like got it on and mute in the background just in case we get some like wild, I don't know, something then we can mention it on the show. But you never know. I just it's going to be a week of just me watching a bunch of games this week, which is super fun, though. I love it. Yeah, it's uh, this is this is a blast. This is the best time of the the. This is my favorite time of the college, at least March the college madness, hockey. Yeah. yeah, March Madness. <laughs> you know, we got we got everything. It's crazy. Um, so with that being said, in terms of the the craziness happening in the collegiate ranks, we don't have as much uh, uh, in the USHL. So we'll just cover a little bit, um, starting with Jack Harvey and his uh, uh, you know franchise record setting uh, weekend. Yeah, we won't have a ton of USHL stuff this week just because we had a ton of like signing notes we have to mention. We have a ton of prospects we have to go through today, and like. Obviously, we just mentioned the NCAA playoffs are, are going on, the regionals, so we don't have a ton of time for USHL, but don't worry, that means in the upcoming weeks we'll have probably more when they flip-flop and one, you know, gets less busy and one gets more busy. Um, but yeah, Jack Harvey had a had a really good uh, past week, week and a half here, or just whole season, I guess you could say, too, um, because he has the new franchise record for the Chicago Steel for career goals scored, which is crazy. I think when I checked, he was at 68 last I checked his stats. So if you hear this this weekend, it might be even more now. I don't know, but it's a lot. Uh, and before that, it was uh, Matt Coronado had had the record, and he's obviously turned into a really good prospect. So it's definitely a good uh, record to break, and he is draft eligible. So Jack Harvey, a name to keep in, in the back of your minds here for the upcoming draft. I think he was at 132 in that 130 range on the NHL Central scouting list. Uh, five foot ten forward from Minnesota. He turns twenty this spring. He's committed to BU, uh, but just a, a really good player. So that was a, a big record to break. So possibly a, a really good prospect to keep your eye on. Very very cool. All right, USHL done. Let's get into the craziness that is the uh, uh, the NCAA or the American Pipeline, I guess, uh, from the NCAA. Just crazy sort of news cycle here, and we're, we're going to start because. There've been a ton of signings, you know, obviously at this point, a lot of players, uh, you know, they go the other sign, you know, ATOs, PTOs, whatever, um, with AHL, ECHL, and then the, the top ranked sort of prospects, they, they sign their ELCs um, potentially early. And we have a bunch of them here. So we'll, we'll mention a, a couple notable ones, namely Nikita Nesterenko, um, his rights traded from Minnesota to Anaheim in, uh, in the John Klingberg trade, but he signed a two-year ELC and he had a great, He's, he's looked really good in, in, um, in Anaheim so far. He's played games, and specifically, I believe there was a game versus the Flames that they had where he was just on fire. He had like three or four grade-A opportunities. This is, a, this is an interesting little player. Yeah, so obviously we can't mention all of the signings mm -hmm. for NHL, AHL, and even ECHL because there's, there's so many of them, but I thought I would just mention a couple of, of the early departures necessarily because they're foregoing their 
you know, remaining college eligibility to leave. And Nikita Nestorenko, like you said, uh, was originally a, a wild prospect, but he was part of a, a bigger deal. So now he signed with Anaheim and a lot of uh, fans, I thought, kind of like you said, thought he had a really good debut and played really well in that game, even though I think they lost to the Flames that game, but they said he looked good. So that was kind of like the bright spot, like at least, you know, they might have lost, but he looks like pretty good out there. So that was a good one. Uh, he posted almost a, a point per game at uh, BC Boston College. So I assume he's going to be uh, appearing in a couple more games here in, in the next few weeks since he already made his debut. So he's signed and, and ready to go. Very cool. All right. Then we got Brett Bedard signed his uh, three-year ELC uh, with the New York Rangers after his sophomore season at Providence College. Uh, again, another very interesting uh interesting player who also played he was a world junior player twice yeah this one was kind of a, a more of a surprise to some people because he was only a sophomore so he left pretty early honestly from Providence uh, but it sounds like from what I heard he's going to be heading to to Hartford the AHL team and and help them round out their roster as they you know round out the the season and head into playoffs and all that stuff he was pretty good I mean Brett Burrard had 24 points in 36 games, so nothing too shabby. Just leaving after your sophomore season, you know, you're leaving a bunch of college eligibility on the table. So a pretty bold move. I know some Providence fans were kind of sad to see him go, but obviously he felt like he had a good opportunity and and to take his next step. And obviously he's had some prestige with the World Junior Cup uh, being on that roster twice, but signed pretty early. So he obviously felt good about the deal, and he looks like he's going to be playing for uh, Hartford here to round out the season. Very cool. All right. Moving on to a big name here um, in Josh Doan, who is a uh, use of Arizona state, uh, obviously Shane Doan's son. He was drafted by the Arizona coyotes. We love nepotism in hockey. Um, so he, uh, he was actually a captain, the captain of the team. Again, another crazy shocker who could have foreseen that coming. Um, and now he has signed, uh, he has signed, he has left school. He's turning pro signing with the Arizona coyotes, uh, playing with their AHL affiliate in Tucson, um, three-year ELC. So he was, you know, obviously 38 points in 39 games this year in a sophomore season as the captain, you know, he's got all the makings of seemingly a good player. Uh, and now he's going to become, or he's already on his way to becoming the next sort of a uh, next Doan notable name in the Arizona Coyotes uh, organization. Yeah. So this one wasn't as surprising to me. He was only a sophomore, but I was a little less surprised just because Arizona state uh, isn't in a conference. They're an independent. So when their season's over, if they're not high enough in the pairwise, they're just, you know, done with their season. They don't have a chance to get into the tournament then after that. So I wasn't super surprised by this one, but he is playing mm -hmm. with the AHL team. He's already played. I think it's like four or five games already. And he already scored his first goal. I believe it was in his third game, something like that. So he already scored a goal got that done and over with, which is cool to see. Uh, but it looks like he's going to be playing uh, in the AHL likely since he's already there to round out the season and uh, should be a fun prospect because he's hovered around, you know, a point per game in, in both his seasons he played in college. So it seems like he adapted really well to the NCAA. So we'll see how he adapts uh, to the pro level. And most fans, you know, if they already have a Shane Donger, they don't, they don't have to get a new one. So yeah, it, 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 same. same last name, yeah. <laughs> same last name, and they're back to the Kachina. So, I mean, probably same uh, design as well. Pretty cool. All right, Devin Levi, the one we've been waiting for. Um, uh, the, you, he was, you know, he's a Richter finalist. Had an incredible, he's had an incredible college career. He's one, like, you listed him as one of the best college goalies of all time um, last episode. He finally signed uh, his, uh, his three-year ELC with Buffalo. Now, Obviously, I mean, he's he's incredible, but, you know, our, our editor-in-chief, Ryan Kennedy, 
we were sp- speaking about this on the podcast or the, the sorry the hockey news podcast um earlier this week and ryan again hates small goalies he is uh <laughs> like that is his his thing you know it doesn't matter how, how it doesn't matter the numbers this guy puts up if he is you know under i would say like six one six two uh it's a no-go devin levi is six feet some questions there but man this is a big this is a big addition to, to buffalo who could potentially have a gem on their hands yeah, I think Buffalo fans were excited about this. I also wasn't really surprised that he signed because I think most people assumed he would probably sign after this year. I think there were just a couple of uh, Northeastern fans that were like just hoping he would come back. But after two just incredible seasons, it seems like he was pretty ready to uh, make the next step. So he signed. He hasn't played in any games yet. So uh, I assume, you know, he's not in a rush to get out there, you know, ASAP. I'm sure he'll, you know, take his time, get out there, and and we'll see what he does for, for his first pro game. Uh, and this year, obviously last year, he he had an insane year, 10 shutouts, 9.52 save percentage. This year, a little less flashy, but Northeastern wasn't, I don't know, necessarily as, as big of a power. He had a .933 this season and six shutouts, but still really, really good stats. Obviously, that's still insane. So uh, definitely a bright spot for Buffalo fans to have Levi now officially signed and, you know, in the organization, in the system, for sure. Definitely. All right. Hunter McCown, Colorado College, signed with uh, Columbus, World Junior guy as well. Um, Three-year ELC, six foot one, and he was a junior this year. Yeah, this was a, a big free agent that people were watching for when CC's season ended here last weekend now. Uh, but he was a guy that a lot of teams, I think, were probably considering or looking at. Uh, but he's officially signed with Columbus. I think I read he's going to be making his debut this weekend. So by the time this podcast's out, he might have made his debut. We'll see. Um, but he had 28 points in 38 games. He's been absolutely deadly on the power play, just a, a great weapon on special teams. And he's got nice size, six foot one. He's over 200 pounds. So he's already, you know, pretty good size there. And he was a junior this year so I think it hurt some CC fans to to see that he wasn't going to come back for his senior season but I think most people thought he was probably going to be ready to make that jump hopefully we'll, we'll have to see and then finally uh one that happened today actually we're recording this on Thursday is Tyler Clevin North Dakota uh signing with um signing his ELC he is going to be uh uh going to be, be joining a... the the Ottawa Senators yeah the sense it's a big yeah. one yeah, this one, uh, another one I don't think anyone was surprised because everybody was saying, okay, whenever the season's over for like North he's Dakota, gotta be coming. he's he's gone. Yeah, so mm-hmm. uh, he's a big guy, six foot four, over 200 pounds. He's pretty physical. Everyone in college hockey knows uh, he got quite a few uh, five-minute majors in college, which seems kind of bad if you're in college, but if you're in the NHL and you're playing that physical game, that's something that teams need sometimes. You want that, that big physical player, so that's what he's going to be. Uh, but he also gets uh, a decent amount of points. He had 18 points this season. Um, obviously, has been a, a big guy for North Dakota the past few years. Has played in the World Junior Cup. So some North Dakota fans, sad to see that, but it was pretty expected. And then his teammate, Ethan Frisch, I saw too, just uh, signed, or I guess is going to be on an amateur tryout with uh, with the AHL team too. I saw that earlier today. So uh, a couple of departures for for North Dakota. Yeah, that's look, it's, it's tough for North Dakota, but hey, this is – Exciting time uh, for these young players turning pro. All right. Now, Reese Gaber, Gabor, how, how do you pronounce this? Gaber, guy? yeah, Gaber. Gaber, okay. Reese Gaber, uh, he's returned to North Dakota for his senior season. Um, so, obviously, you know, a lot of North Dakota losing some players. So they're getting some some interesting ones back. 
Yeah, this one was the big one that a lot of people were kind of like, okay, well, we'll see. Is he going to, you know, be go sign? He's going to be a really big free agent or is he going to come back? And I think this is probably a good decision. I think Reese Gaber could have easily probably taken taken a deal here. Uh, he's been a huge player for North Dakota the past few years, um, but he also is really small. So I think, too, coming back and just really having, you know, a, a crazy good final season in college hockey could be beneficial to him just because I think he's only listed as like five, eight, which again, I have no issue with, with the short Kings in college <laughs> hockey, but I think some people, you know, when you're going to the NHL, they see that and they go, okay, well, if you're not completely, completely dominating, maybe think about, you know, using up a little bit more college eligibility mm-hmm. just so that when you come in, you're like fully, fully ready. I don't know. I think he could have been ready, but I think this is probably a a good move, a smart move. Just come back, you know, really just have the best season of your life and then decide to go pro after that. But North Dakota, that's kind of a bright spot after they've had some players hit the transfer portal and also some signings. So he's uh, he's a good player to watch, though, for next year. This season, he was really good. Um, So, yeah, we'll see. We shall see. to be fair, like we we always we love the short kings here. It's only it's only Ryan Candy who doesn't love the short goalies. It's different. Well, yeah, and I feel like online too. Sometimes I I always see that be like, oh, this player's really good, and someone's always going, well, this guy's like five eight. He's not going to do anything. So well, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of you know short king short king bias. Short king slander. Short even? king slander. Yeah. So. Exactly. I don't how many know. times we've been proven wrong with that? Like how many short people, how many short players have to come in and absolutely tear it up? And then we yeah, go, okay, sometimes cool. it is an issue, but I don't know. I'm watching BU right now and Lane Hudson's tearing it up on, on the TV screen behind me. So I don't know. <laughs> and I, and I interviewed him at the world juniors a bunch and that like, he, like he's legitimately like a child, like at least his, <laughs> his frame, like he is, he is extremely small, Um, but Hey, he's killing it. All right. Transfer portal news and notes. Uh, we have a couple here. Starting with Arvid Hendrickson, uh, who signed with the San Jose Barracuda, so San Jose uh, Sharks AHL team, instead of transferring, he's turning pro, baby. Yeah, that was that one player a couple weeks back where I think he was like 25 or going to be 26 or something. So he was getting kind of old, but it looks like he just decided to, to you know, take a chance and try out the AHL instead. So we'll see that. Oh, also side note, BU just scored. It's now three to zero. Rip mm-hmm. Western Michigan. Um, sadly, my bracket's already going to be busted in game one. Love that. Um, but yeah, the transfer portal day one, I think, believe it was on Monday was the first day that like non-graduate students essentially could enter the portal. There's like a 60 day window now. And there was a ton of people that entered on day one. It was like open the floodgates, all these players entered the portal and we have quite a few draft picks actually in the portal as well. The one big one today was Isaac Howard. Uh, put his name in there. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people remember his outfit from from the draft last year. Very, very flashy looking suit. Um, and he was a late first round pick. So he was really he's going to be a really high up uh, pick in the portal. People are going to really be interested in him. He played at UMD this season, but I don't think he really had the season he was hoping for and it just seemed like stylistically he didn't really fit in with like the bulldog style of play so I wouldn't really be surprised if he goes out to his like more of like a big 10 school maybe that's kind of like I I have no inside info or anything I just feel like you know I could see him going to like a 
like a Michigan or a Michigan state maybe, or something like that, Minnesota. I don't know. So we'll see. I bet he's going to get uh, quite a few calls though, but there's quite a few uh, other good players in here. A couple other interesting draft picks, a couple Nashville picks and, and Alex Campbell and Ethan Hader of Clarkson there in the portal, which is uh, interesting. We already mentioned Henriksen uh, who signed with San Jose instead of transferring, which is Interesting. I'm just scrolling down here. The other big one of this week was Red Savage, another crazy name. We're actually going to talk about him later in the show, so I won't spend too much time there. But uh, that's a big loss for Miami, Ohio. He announced he's transferring to Michigan State. So big pickup there for the Spartans, but uh, that's a really big loss for Miami uh, because he's a Detroit draft pick, World Junior Cup guy, all that uh, good stuff. A couple other draft picks, North Dakota. They had a, a handful of players here enter. Brent Johnson, he's a Washington pick, is in the portal along with Matteo Constantini, who we talked about, uh, who had a really great freshman season. And then sophomore year this year, didn't really do very much. So I wasn't really surprised by by either of those, but I assume there's going to be some teams interested. Uh, Riley Hughes and Jack Hughes, both both picks, one's a Rangers pick, one's a Kings pick in the portal, along with Sam Colangelo, who's an Anaheim pick. They're all from Northeastern. Uh, so quite a bit of uh, draft picks here. Liam Gorman of Princeton's in the portal. Patrick Moynihan, Monahan, I, I forgot how you say his name. He's a New Jersey pick. He's in there. Uh, let me see if there's any other. Uh, oh, Jared Moe. Uh, and then Ryder Donovan, who technically didn't play this year. He took the season off, but it looks like, you know, a couple of interesting names in the portal. Some some draft picks, uh, T players looking to shake things up, uh, go somewhere new, try out their luck at a new place. Again, the portal is just has just exploded this week. We shall see what happens. There haven't been too many commitments yet, but uh, next week I'm sure we'll have even more of an update. Absolutely. Um, all right, bracketology. It's the NCAA tourney. We're we're ready. We're rocking. Why don't you take us through a couple of regional picks? Just some notes, um, and uh, before we hop into the Detroit Red Wings, just endless supply of uh, American Pipeline prospects. Yeah, so th the brackets have already started. I put out my bracket, and I always like to be bold with my brackets. I think, you know, picking the one seeds and everything is boring, and I know it's going to be wrong. I already know my bracket's going to be wrong. I don't think it's going to be right, but, you know who who even cares i like to be bold with my picks i already tweeted it out so don't flame me i already know it's going to be wrong it's already going to be wrong in game one <laughs> but uh yeah we have the regionals now the fargo regional is minnesota playing kenesha st cloud playing uh mankato in manchester denver's playing cornell bu's playing western michigan that game's happening right now as we're recording actually and western just scored so we'll see what happens with that no idea uh, in the Allentown Regional, Michigan plays Colgate, Penn State plays Michigan Tech, and then to round things out in Bridgeport, Quinnipiac plays Merrimack, very rhymy matchup, uh, and Harvard plays Ohio State. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the regionals. A lot of times I feel like people go, okay, this team, this team, this team, this team, easy, they're going to the Frozen Four. And this year I looked at the bracket and most of the games I'm like, I think this is a coin flip. So honestly, I feel like anyone's bracket could be right this year. I think there could be a lot of upsets just with the amount of parity we've had this year. So don't count anyone out this year. Honestly, I think it's going to be a really fun weekend of games and next, next week we'll have to sort of get back and, and discuss and see what happened because I already know there's going to be some chaos. There's always chaos, but this is a lot of fun. Um, 
All right, Sydney. Let it. Let's dive into. I mean, the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, they could almost be like I could almost say that they've just exclusively drafted from the collegiate or the uh, USHL ranks because it's just an absurd amount of prospects that they have. Let's uh, at least from from what we call the American Pipeline. Let's jump into those, starting with Robert Mastro Simone. Mastro Simone. Long, Sorry. yeah, long name there. But... What's funny is like I saw the, you know, like I I always like look at the sheet before we start recording and all that, and I was like, all right, I'm gonna mess up that name. Like I knew I was gonna mess it up off the hop, and I was looking to like sort of just flow it into it, and I just completely botched it. You know, you you make a plan and God laughs. That's what they say. But yes, Robert Mastro Simone of Amer- of uh, Arizona State, second round pick in 2019. Um, this is uh, you know, this is this is a decent little prospect we got here. Yeah, you got it. And like you said, we have a ton of these prospects, so we'll not be able to spend a ton of time on most of these, but we'll try and mm-hmm. give you a basic overlook at all the Let's guys. Let's give it here. a shot. Uh, but yeah, so Mastro Simone, Arizona State, we already talked about some Arizona State guys. Second round pick in 2019, like you said, five foot ten forward. He's 22 um, from New York originally. He actually played uh, three years at BU and then he transferred to Arizona State for this year. So we'll see uh, as a senior if he's going to plan on coming back for a fifth season or if he's going to try and sign um, because Arizona State season has been over now. So I don't know. He hasn't done it yet, but we shall see sort of what he decides to do here. Um, he was a top, one of the top guys for Arizona State. He had, uh, he was actually their leading scorer, 42 points in 38 games. So I think he definitely could be uh, ready to take that next step, but we'll sort of see what uh, he does this offseason because he had a really good year this year. So we'll see if he wants to come back for one more college season and really dominate at that level, or if he thinks, you know, I had a really good season, really solid season. I'm ready to take that step. I don't know, but we shall see. We shall see. All right. We got Carter Mazer. Uh, world junior, world junior guy, obviously, uh, you know, he, he was last year, seven points in five games, but this is a third round pick 2021 uh, for with Michigan. Very interesting to see uh, his trajectory at a huge freshman freshman season and followed up with a pretty good sophomore as well this year. Yeah. Mazer's a guy that whenever he's playing a game against, you know, if I'm watching a St. Cloud game, I never like he's so good that I'm always like worried when he's out on the ice. Cause he always does, you know, really great things when he's out there. So he's a, he's a really good player, six foot. So pretty decent size. They're not too big, not too small. Uh, but he had a huge freshman season last year. Now this year too, he's been really good. Uh, obviously Denver is going to play later today, the day that we're recording. Uh, they're the defending national champs. So he was a part of that last year. Uh, really great guy. He's wearing an A on his jersey right now. So I assume that means he's a good leader as well. Uh, and I think he's a he's a big prospect for Detroit, who likely in the next few years, he's going to be really good. I don't know if he would sign after this year or not. He's only a sophomore, but he's definitely good enough that I assume there could be some pressure to do that. We'll have to wait and see. All right. Then we got Shy Booyam from Denver. Yeah, another Denver player, but this is a defenseman now. Really big guy. He's six foot three, two hundred and twenty pounds. So definitely a a big dude there. He's a twenty twenty one second round pick. He actually turns twenty next week, so he's still pretty young. He's also a sophomore, but a really talented sophomore too. Just like Mazer, 
21 points this season. He had 18 points last year, so he's uh, doing pretty good. And he actually has some brothers, too, that are are good hockey players as well. I'm sure people might have heard of his younger brother, Zeev, uh, who's also tearing it up. But he's a, he's a good prospect, big defenseman who can also put up some points. So kind of the same thing as Mazer, where I could definitely see him coming back for another season. But I don't really know. We'll see what happens here uh, whenever Denver's season gets over. We'll have to wait and see. Um, all right, then we got Chase Bradley from UConn, uh, seventh round pick in 2020. But you know he's had some nice progression as he's uh, you know on, as his NCAA career has unfolded. Yeah, I think this is one of those seventh round picks that actually has turned out to be fairly good. He's 21, so sort of in in the middle age range of some of those college players. Uh, seventh round picks are kind of one of those gamble type players at the end of the draft uh last year he only had nine points so kind of typical for a freshman uh but this year he had 20 points so he you know over doubled his point production from last year so I assume he would easily come back for another year of college um but it's kind of nice to see you know you have that first season you get used to it you double your points and we'll see if he can even you know get even more than that maybe double it again next year because it seems like he kind of just has gotten a little better and better every year and he's a really experienced guy he played like three full seasons of ushl so uh maybe it just you know took him a year or two to get used to playing at the collegiate level but yeah he's a interesting prospect to have in your pipeline very very interesting all right then we got dylan james from north dakota second round pick last year in 2022 he's pretty young you know 19 um and uh, uh, you know, but he's got 16 points in 36 games played. Now, interesting little player, relatively new pick. So you know, we, we're still watching him progress. Yeah, relatively new pick. I think he's going to be really good, though. I got to watch him in the Clark Cup last year. I went to all of those games in person, uh, and he was really, really good for Sioux City last year when they won the Clark Cup. He hasn't had like the craziest or flashiest freshman season, but North Dakota as a whole kind of just had an underwhelming year this year. So I don't really think that's an issue. I think uh, obviously coming back for them for next year, for a sophomore year, I think he could be a really good guy, especially now that they have some players that they're going to need to uh, sort of have someone fill their shoes a little bit. I think he's going to be one of those guys. So I think he's going to be a, a really fun prospect to watch over the next few years. Very, very interesting. All right. Cooper Moore, fifth round pick from 2019. Um, you think that he, uh, that he probably could be better than he is, even though he's being all right. What do you mean by that? Let's elaborate. Yeah. So I think he's good. I don't think he's a guy that's probably at risk of like leaving early or anything like that, just because I think he's good, but I think he could just, you know, keep progressing, keep taking that next step because his freshman year, he had five points, then he had nine points. Now we had 13 and just every year too, just getting a little bit better, a little bit better. Uh, so I think he's good, but I don't think he would be somebody that would likely leave after this year. I think that'd be pretty unlikely. I assume he's a guy that's going to be back for his senior season. Hopefully have a really good senior year, tear it up for North Dakota, be one of their you know experienced guys, their go-to guys. Um, so yeah, he's pretty good. I, I wouldn't say there's a ton of like flashiness to Cooper Moore, but I think mm -hmm. he'll be back for a senior season and we'll see what he does there. Cool. Well, now we have, uh, you know, a big trade deadline acquisition by the Leafs, who is currently <laughs> still in college here. Ryan O'Reilly of Arizona State, obviously not the Toronto one, but six foot three, 220 pounds. He's big like Ryan O'Reilly. Uh, and he was a 2018 fourth round pick junior at ASU. Yeah. So same same spelling when I was typing the name in there, but it's just a, a different Ryan O'Reilly, I guess. So must just be a good hockey name. Um, but yeah, really big guy. Uh He's a guy that is just kind of like that big 
type forward. I mean, he's not going to be putting up crazy points or anything, but he's a huge dude at 6'3", 220. So I assume he's going to bring, you know, a little bit of that physical presence and also get a couple of points along the way as well. So that's definitely, uh, you know, a guy that if you're like, okay, I need a forward that's big, he can be a little physical and pick up a couple of points along the way, then this is probably the guy you're looking for, not somebody who's going to be crazy flashy or get a ton of points, but uh, could be a solid depth piece. Definitely could. And speaking of solid depth pieces, we got Red Savage here. Um, you know, fourth round pick in 2021, big world junior guy, uh, national uh, national team development program. Um, you know, he had a bit of a bit of a rough year, just collegiate wise. Um, you know, set, you know, 14 points in 32 games this year. Miami, Ohio was bad, um, which is likely why or a big reason why he's transferring. But this is a very interesting player, a guy who you know is kind of like a high end sort of checker, uh, at least from from what I've seen. Could be, an, could be a, you know, a very useful piece down the line if he keeps uh, progressing. Yeah, he's going to be uh, really interesting to watch just because obviously we said Miami, Ohio hasn't been a very good team in the last few years. So now that he just announced he's transferring to Michigan State, that could just be, you know, kind of a, a fresh start for him and hopefully it could be a good change for him and he can kind of just tear it up, hopefully for the Spartans for the next two years, I assume. But he's a guy pretty normal size he's listed at 5'11 so nobody's super tall but uh yeah he's been a good player he's been one of Miami's you know main guys but now that he announced he's leaving that's uh not great for Miami fans I know they're pretty bummed about that one didn't have very flashy points this season so I would hope that next year he kind of can you know get on that new team fresh start tear it up and and there you go but I don't know we'll sort of see what happens if that the point production was just a result of playing for Miami or what? I don't really know. We'll have to keep an eye on it. Um, all right. Moving on to John Adams as American of a, uh, <laughs> of a name as it gets uh, from yeah. Notre Dame. Now this is, this is the guy It's 26 year old on his third school. He's like this. Yeah. You know, he's <laughs> this guy is one year younger than I am. And thinking about being in college right now is just absolutely absurd. Um, yeah, 26 year old guy, uh, you know, on his third school, he's, you gotta be out of eligibility by now. You'd think, uh, but he's huge. He's six, yeah. foot six, 216, uh, pounds. And he's a sixth round pick from 2017. I assume that was kind of his thing that got him drafted was mm -hmm. just his size because he's a, he never really had like super great success in college. Cause he had three years at union did like pretty well, then played at Providence. I don't think he played that season and then played at Notre Dame and, you know, it's been okay. I don't really see him having like an impact in a pro team though, because he's big, but it seems like he's not bringing a ton else besides that. So kind of an interesting prospect, but I don't know. It seems like maybe it was just his size that got him drafted and he was drafted like six years ago. So yeah. that was a, a long, long, long time ago. <laughs> Man. So he was, he was already, he was drafted six years ago and he was already like a two time overager. Like yeah, it. so nice. I don't know if maybe that was just a pick that thought would hopefully pan out better development would get, you know, a little higher, but I don't know. I don't really see it too much there. All I got to say is kudos to this guy for being able to just stick around. <laughs> stick so around and, and play for so many teams, yeah. And, like, and holy smokes, man. This guy's just been hanging around forever. All right, Sam Strange from Wisconsin, 21-year-old. Uh, he is a fourth-round pick from 2020. 
Yeah, I feel like Wisconsin picks are always kind of hard to gauge a little bit just because a lot of the players at Wisconsin, they have a ton of draft picks, but they just haven't been a good team really in the past few years. Um, so kind of hard to tell. Six foot one forward. He had 11 points this year, so nothing too flashy. He's a junior and hasn't really been able to find his point scoring once he got to the NCAA level. Like he had a lot of points, then he got to college and, and hadn't really been able to put up very many. But now at Wisconsin, they're going to have a coaching change. Um, they're going to have to hire a new coach here. So I don't know if he's going to stick with Wisconsin, if he's going to, you know, try and hit the transfer portal. We'll see, you know, things always change with when, you know, head coaches change. So we'll see if anything happens for him next year, but I assume, you know, he's going to definitely need a senior season and and see what he can do there. Absolutely. We're getting close to the end of the list here. Not quite. Yeah. We had Ethan Phillips of Boston university fourth round pick in 2019. This is one of those smaller forwards, five foot nine. He's playing on on the right wing of the top line. I'm watching BU play right now. I've heard his name a couple of times already today. Um, he's a senior at BU. He's not a guy who's going to post a ton of points or anything. He has seven points this year. I've heard he's kind of more just a defensive forward type of guy, um, just not really that like flashy point score type of forward. I assume he might be a guy who maybe would try and utilize a fifth season. We'll see that fifth year of eligibility. I don't really know. We'll see how far BU goes this year in the postseason. Cause as of the time we're recording right now, BU looks like they're probably going to win this uh, regional matchup. So I don't know. We'll, we'll kind of see what happens uh, with the end of the season for BU and what he decides to do for next year. We sure will. All right. Then we got Kyle O'Coin, um, son of Adrian O'Coin, who was just a well-known NHL journeyman. Um, I also believe he was the captain of the Chicago Blackhawks at, at one point. Um, but this is Kyle Coyne from Harvard, uh, sixth round pick in 2020, uh, you know, left shot defenseman. Not going to put up a ton of points, but hey, you know, he's got that, uh, that got that a coin pedigree. Yeah, it's kind of struggled a little bit in in the NCAA, to be honest. I mean, he was a sixth round pick, so it was never somebody you thought was going to like put up crazy points or anything. Uh, but left-handed defender, he's got two points as a sophomore, but he's still young. As a sophomore, you got plenty of time to, you know, keep going, keep developing, keep learning. So I assume he's going to, you know, pretty easily be back, uh, I assume, for Harvard for next year. You got to think so. All right. Now we're finally close to reaching the end of the list here. Owen. Mellenbacher of he's the, the lone USHL guy here of Fargo. Um, you know, six foot two. He's from uh he's from Ontario, uh, 19 years old. He was a 2022 seventh rounder, so a guy from the seventh round uh in this most recent draft. Um, and he's got some size, he's still got a ton of uh, you know, ton of runway ahead of him. So we'll have to see what uh what he does. Yeah, this is another pretty good seventh round pick, honestly, because he's done pretty well, pretty good size at six foot two. He has 12 points so far in 15 games for Fargo. He got traded in the middle of this year. So he's played in a lot of games, just he played for Muskegon most of the time and then now is in Fargo um, and he's committed to Wisconsin. But again, with that coaching change, we'll see if that sticks or not. I don't really know, um, but he's played already quite a few USHL seasons. So we'll see if he decides to go to college after this year, or if he wants to play juniors for another year, but that would be a lot of USHL seasons. Absolutely. And then finally we have Brennan Ali, 20, another 2022 seventh rounder. Um, but he's six foot center from, uh, from, so he's not the only USHL guy. My bad. Uh, we have Brennan Ali who's rounding up the list. He's from, we, have, we had a lot of prospects. So <laughs> yeah, we have a lot, a lot, yeah, my brain is mush at this point, but he's from Lincoln of the USHL, another 2022 seventh round pick. Um, but he had, you know, he was a, he had a good season this year in terms of, uh, you know, points production, 35 points in 46 games, a 19 year old, not too shabby committed to Notre Dame. Let's see. 
Yeah, another pretty good value for a seventh-round pick, to be honest with you. I mean, he's been doing pretty good in the USHL. I don't know how he'll adapt to the collegiate level, but it seems like those two USHL picks, pretty good value for seventh-rounders. Uh, he has like 35 points, so that's pretty good. Uh, 19 years old, we'll see what he does whenever he goes to Notre Dame. Uh, he played a little bit for the NTDP and then also played before that for Avon Old Farms and then Chicago Mission as well. So it seems like a pretty good pick, but we'll see how he does uh, down the line in a few years. We shall see. Well, we have reached the end of, of uh, Detroit's just extremely extensive list. Very long. <laughs> uh, and we've also reached the end of the show. Uh, this is, you know, like we said, the most the most exciting, most fun time uh, in the NCAA calendar uh, and in the American Pipeline calendar. So stay tuned for that. We'll be back next week to, to tee it all up and enjoy yourself. Thank you, Sydney, for joining me as always. Yeah, we'll be back next week.